What's up guys? Welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Josh. And today we're gonna to be talking about the difference between a generalist and a specialist. And it sounds like a really boring, not interesting topic, but we're gonna put some context around it. And basically what we see in the gym is we see either like a new person that comes to the gym that has been specializing in something else. Maybe they were a runner, maybe they were a triathlete, maybe they were a bodybuilder. And they're coming to our program, which we would consider to be a more general, well-rounded program. Or you see people that are in our program, and this is kind of where they've developed their fitness in a more general uh, type of way, and then they want to go off and specialize in something else. Maybe they want to go run the marathon, do the triathlon, play a sport, do an ultra marathon like this crazy guy next to me, um, and do something that looks more like specialization. And so we wanted to talk about it because I think sometimes when people come from one direction or the other, they start to think about one being better than the other. The generalist is better than the specialist or the specialist is better, better than the generalist. And you can start to look negatively about onto the other thing that you're not currently doing at that time to see one better than the other. And so what we want to do is kind of provide some context around the generalist and the specialist. So you guys can understand how to go from most, most people listening to this are in a general setting and then they want to specialize, how can they best specialize and what are they set up well to do because they have this great general background? Yeah, and I think weighing the pros and cons, you know, when we are going to shift from either one of those to the other, you're, there's going to be improvements, but there's also going to be some take, like you're going to lose mm -hmm. some things. So I think it's, uh, it's always best to know what those are before you dive in and start seeing something regress and you're like, why is this getting worse? Yeah. Yeah, so let's, get, let's dive into it. Let's start with someone who's um, going to take a more generous approach. Let's talk about the pros and cons. So some of the big pros of being a more generalist is it should lead someone to be more healthy and well-rounded. We're attacking all areas or most areas, and so we're going to minimize our weak areas. And what most people love about a program like FTX and BeachFit is they feel more capable in the other 23 hours of their day. They feel like the things we're doing in here really translates to the things I'm doing in life or the sports I play. And it's not, it's not two different things. It's not working against each other. Yeah, I mean, the, first, the two first words that jump out to me relating to generalist is like longevity and health. I think that you are setting yourself up to reduce risk of injury, uh, have a balanced plate, and really set yourself up for the long game, but still allowing yourself to, to try new things, to be exposed to inevitable weaknesses, or uh, still learning and growing both physically and in terms of skill set. You, you can still move the needle. It's just an, a wide range of things. Yeah, and the, the mindset that we're having is one where we're only as strong as our weakest link. Right. And so if we have a very weak area in this, then as a generalist, we're attacking that. We don't want those weak areas really jump out to us because that's preventing us from being a strong generalist person. And so people probably understand that and feel that of like, oh, I'm really strong when it comes to having dumbbells or a barbell in my hand. But when it's a longer cardio workout, I just get destroyed yeah. or vice versa, you know, or anything that requires any type of mobility. Anytime we have to have a dumbbell or barbell overhead or anytime I have to be in a lunge position, I, I lose my balance. And so that's my weak area. And so we can see how we can translate that to life really well of, okay, that's going to be something that if I were to encounter 
a longer run, a heavy weight, uh, something that's going to test my mobility. If I don't improve that, I'm going to really be in trouble when I show up against that thing. Yeah, and I, I think one thing uh, that maybe doesn't get talked about enough is that it, I think I'm generalizing about the generalist, <laughs> but in terms of looking at it like a lifespan, most athletes uh, or active people, we'll, we'll say that, to some degree, the most successful ones are beginning as generalists, whether you're Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or whether you're Roger Bannister or mm. you know, any of these elites, they started as generalists and then they had years dedicated in the middle of their life to this, a lot of people, to the specialist. And then they're likely to transition back to generalists. They're likely to kind of come out of that competitive state and look for how do I continue to have exercise be a part of my life? And I think you can even, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a great example mm -hmm. of that. You know, he started just lifting and then really focused on bodybuilding. And what he does now probably looks a lot different than what he did at 25. I think a lot of, I, I think of a lot of the football players, the linemen specifically, that lose weight after their sport. Yes. And they look, they look more like a CrossFitter type of athlete yeah. where they look like well-balanced, strong, healthier. you know, healthier, right? Versus in their sport, it requires them to be a specialist, which is essentially alignment is trying to maximize total weight. And they want a good portion of that to be muscle, but they also are happy with some of that being fat, a good amount of that being fat. Trying and so to get in the way of somebody. They need to get over th <laughs> 310 pounds. Like yeah. that's the goal is to be, be a freaking wall. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that person probably started out more general, specialized to become elite at their sport, and then came back to general because of health and longevity and feeling good. Yeah. The other thing that we see with this generalist is, is ideally this person can take that general fitness and, and then quickly go to something and be decently good at it. And so anybody in our gym who's been coming for months is probably can go to almost any single sport or uh, athletic event of any kind and be in the top 10 or 20% yeah. in that thing without ha compared to the average person, right? Maybe not yeah. compared to other specialists. No, yeah, that, of course. But like if you took a, a, a population of a random hundred people and say, okay, we're all going to go out and run a 5k or we're all going to go play pickleball together or something like that, that person will likely be in the top 10 or 20% of that thing if it's just a random hundred people that may yeah. or may not have tried that thing before. Not only quickly, uh, but with lower risk of injury in terms of their performance and pursuing that, that said event. And I think far superior to maybe a, a specialist of another sport. So in other words, taking an, uh, a high level, even Olympic, Olympic weightlifter, mm -hmm. and then putting them in a 5K, <laughs> an average gym goer would smoke that person in a 5K. Right. So the, your ability, like you said, to pivot and just jump in for fun and kind of what we talked about last podcast is your ability to like use and really enjoy your fitness, I think is one of the, the maximum benefits as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the jack of all trades in when it comes to uh, athleticism. And then if we switch over to the specialist, the specialist, the biggest benefit for them is now this person could potentially be in the top one or two percent in the world of this thing. Right. And, and that's the benefit of starting to specialize is you can really become elite and you might even be able to get to the point that you're compensated in some way sure. for that thing, whether that be with sponsorships, whether that be with actual pay, right. but you could 
in order to get to that level, almost by definition, you have to specialize. At that yeah, level. and so I think one one goal maybe that we didn't even really address, but kind of doing this podcast today should be like people who are considering specialization is just asking maybe why. And I'm not saying it's I'm not at all suggesting it's a bad idea, but yeah. knowing what you're leaving behind and what is the reason that you're pursuing this and. And we've talked about this before. Maybe it's a really short. Maybe you're pursuing this specialist uh, ideal or pursuit for like six months or 12 months of your life. Mm-hmm. And then you're pivoting right back to the generalist. But if you're really looking at the long game, like wh- what is it that you're gaining uh, when you're leaving behind all the health and the longevity and the good stuff about being a generalist? Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's definitely going to be some areas where you get worse as you specialize. Yeah. And... Um, again, you can think about this lineman example of how much they give up in general health, in speed, in endurance, just to be as big as they can be and, and powerful in a very short distance. Um, they've really tried to you know, maximize everything around that, and then they, they, everything else has to kind of fall away. And you have to be okay with seeing those other things fall away. Yeah, those markers are gonna move negatively and, and some of them won't come back. You know, one thing that has, the older I've gotten has become uh, more present in my thought pr- pattern and process is like, the lifespan of professional athletes generally is shorter than just healthy people. And that's kind of crazy because like, we look at these people like, wow, they're so fit. But like strong men, really short lifespans. Yep. But even football players and especially linemen, you know, you're, you're in, you are taking parts of your body and your health and moving them into an unhealthy sector and you're keeping it there for, you know, sometimes decades. Yeah. And so we can't always undo that bad. And I don't want to discourage people because I've lived, I've spent most of my time as a generalist, but I do spend a lot of time in, in these specialist fields. Um, but knowing, just having the education and knowing you are putting yourself at risk for these longevity year markers and as well as other injuries and opening up doors for things like overuse injuries is a great example. Right. If we go from, if we look at a given week of our classes, how much are we time are we spending running, right? In a given week, it'll be somewhere probably between one to three to four miles that you're going to spend running. And if you choose to specialize in running, you want to be, you maybe you want to tackle your first marathon or maybe you want to become elite you know, you want to become very, very good at half marathons or marathons or 5Ks. That running distance, the amount of volume you're going to have to accumulate in a given week is going to have to go up, you know, threefold, fivefold, tenfold potentially. And so now the amount of impact on the ankles, the knees, the hips, all that stuff is going up tremendously. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like derail the direction of this podcast, but I think overuse injuries and sports specific injuries is something that doesn't get addressed a lot publicly. And a lot of times the sports that we don't think of as dangerous are the highest risk of injury. And two of those examples are cycling and running. Yeah. People are like, how do people get hurt cycling or running? Mm-hmm. It's not from tripping and falling. It's because you're doing thousands, tens of thousands of repetitions of the exact same pattern with no differentiation. And so that's where overuse injuries go, nagging setbacks set in, tendonitis. Um, and I don't think that's talked about a whole lot outside the world. Yeah. So. yeah, and those ones can be hard to undo because generally that person will have a long runway of feeling good in that sport. Oh, I've been, I've been running for years and then this thing creeped up. I've been biking for years and this thing creeped up. And at that point, the imbalances are so strong yes. that the amount you have to do to undo 
all that or kind of re-strengthen those opposing muscle groups or flexibility, whatever the main issue is, it takes a long time to undo that. Yeah, it's no longer take one step back, take five steps forward, it's take 10 steps back <laughs> to hopefully take some steps forward. Yeah, so let's talk about some examples that we see in the gym. And the, the thing I want to touch on was that if you are strong as a generalist, I believe it's easier and faster to specialize in an area when you're strong generally than it is to do the opposite. Yeah. If, you're a, if you're a specialist in one of these events that we've talked about and you wanna become generally well-rounded, it takes a lot longer. And so what I think is really cool, and I think sometimes people discount in here is that they don't, they don't really understand how quickly they can become really good if they do choose to specialize. Yeah. And so if, if you're doing this and then you say all of a sudden, okay, I wanna run a half marathon, it really doesn't require much to pull that off if you've been coming four to five days a week for right. years. Whereas if you were only running half marathons and then you say, well, I wanna come and be pretty solid, I wanna do RX and quotes in most workouts, then it's gonna take, I think, a lot longer to be able to do that. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a lot of truth in that. Um, I'm sure that we could find exceptions to that rule, but I think as a rule, that's, that's very true. Yeah, and so I wanna highlight some of what our members have done, which I think is really cool. So Josh is training for an ultra, but we just had Matt Andrews finish, a, was yeah, it? 50K. 50K, so it's just over miles. 32 miles. Um, Danielle just took first in her age group in a Olympic distance triathlon. Coach Chris and uh, finished it pretty competitively. Mike Lucido finished it competitively. Um, the number of people that have done pickleball in the last couple years and and gotten really into it and I haven't seen everyone play but I would assume these people are can go out there and be yeah. good at this like pretty quickly. Tennis I know is a thing I've, I've met with a lot of uh, female members here who they've met so many other friends and like it's they because they basically just jumped in they're like I've never played tennis and then we're like within a couple months they've been moved up like three tiers. Yeah. <laughs> they just excel past people with as soon as the skill portion comes in, you know, they're, they're just dominating. Yeah, we have a lot of people that do um, adult leagues. Yep. I do soccer, we have people that have done softball, basketball, flag football, um, water sports is a big one, you know, from paddle boarding, wakeboarding, um, you know, diving, things like that, spear fishing. You have uh, so many different things that people are able to do. And these people really don't spend that much time on this thing for the most part. No. They kind of just dabble maybe once or twice a week. They might have periods of time where they focus on it a little bit more. Some but maybe even zero. I mean, I think about like the run for the pies or like, you know, uh, like <laughs> fundraising 5Ks. People just jump in and do really, really well. Yeah. I mean, they're running like legitimate times, <laughs> definitely in the top half of the pack. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, and so, yeah, I just want to kind of celebrate that and and get people to understand that you might go to one of these things and you, if you're in the top half of the thing, you focus on the 20% of people that beat you. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well I train this hard in this thing and I still can't beat this person, but you, you're, you're kind of missing the bigger picture, which is like, that could be a number of 50 different events that you would place in that top 25, 30%. Yeah. And this person has been probably focusing just on this one thing and they can't step out of that arena and be really strong at that yeah, thing. Yeah, and I, and I do think that it's speaking from experience, it's easy to get hooked on that in the moment. You know, you finish a triathlon and someone beats you or uh, you finish a road race and you're like, man, I really wish I would have beaten that guy. But you have to like kind of step back for a minute and be like, are you willing to, to 
to put in the work required to beat that person to leave X, Y, and Z behind <laughs> when, you know, it's just, you're moving the needle incrementally to do that, yeah. you know, but it's a lot of work and change and, and regression in other areas. So I think that can be, that can be a challenging uh, mental game to play with yourself. Yeah. And then a few examples I've seen recently is we have specialists come into the gym, people that I would, I would consider specialists. Um, usually we get a lot from the endurance community, um, runners, bikers, triathletes, and we get a lot of people that are in the bodybuilding side of things. And so they've just gone to a global gym, they've just done you know, more buys and tries, chest and shoulders types of days, more like bodybuilding type splits. And so this person has kind of like what I would consider actually an, a somewhat elite level of strength and muscle mass, at least compared to the average person. Yeah. And so what those people have to know is as they come into this environment, they're gonna give up some, right? If, if you are really used to a certain amount of, like you have a minute mile pace that you know, like I can hold this minute mile pace for a 5K, I can hold this amount of RPM or wattage when I do a long bike ride. Um, I, my max bench press is 300 or 150 or whatever that number is. There's a chance if you've really specialized in that thing for years, that thing is going to get worse in this environment. It's probably going to get five or 10% worse. But if you look at the things that have been weaknesses for you, maybe it's a power clean or maybe it is a, a pull up or something like that. Those things are probably going to double, triple or quadruple in this environment. And so you're giving up 5 to 10% of your specialty in order to get massively better. Yeah, 50 to 100% better. Yes, in something else. And so you just, but you have to be okay. You have to understand the context of that, that Mm -hmm. something will probably give in order to get these other things a lot better. Yeah, I mean, that was hard even for me to deal with training for the 100, you know, coming out of the games and like being totally aware that I'm not gonna be in games shape going into 100 mile of training and people have already commented they're like man you've lost weight and really what's happened is like i haven't really lost notable pounds but my my body composition has very much changed yeah um so that that's another thing we haven't really touched on is like when you want to move into that area of specialist you know your nutrition's probably going to change your apparel mm-hmm. for what you like you're probably going to buy new stuff yeah uh, it's expensive to move into that world and to pursue that elite pursuit um it, there are a lot of things that are going to change and, and some of those things are going to fall back. And some people I think are cool with losing it and others have a little more of a priority um, to maintain that. Right. So yeah. that's one of the first things I talked to Matt about when he wanted to run his 50 K. I was like, how important is it to you to maintain your general fitness? Mm-hmm. Or are you like for right now, I don't care about general fitness. I'm committed to running only, which I don't personally advise for people unless you're going to go pro. Right. Uh, and he was like, you know, I'd still like to make committed club. That was like, that was one of his priorities. He wants to be part of the community and hit these generalist at workouts and then move the needle and running as much as we can. Yeah. It's, it's crazy actually to see how little his body has changed yeah. because he still ha- looks like a very well-rounded CrossFit type athlete. And he just ran that, he just, you know, yeah. he just runs really far. <laughs> yeah. And so you wouldn't, you wouldn't know unless you were, you actually knew what he was doing outside of here. Um, The aesthetic side of things is very interesting because with each specialist, when you look at specialist arenas, the the aesthetic really matches to the position. Yeah. And it's really crazy, you know, whether it's alignment, whether it's uh, actually the best example, I think, is if you look at um, running events, 
from like the 100 meter dash to, to, to like 200, 200 400, 800 to, you know, 5K type to my, uh, marathon and half marathon, the body types change so differently, even though they're all doing running as their yes. main sport. And, and so the ones that look the most like CrossFitters tend to be like the 800 type of runners because they're, um, they have a balance of like strength and power, but also they have to have some level of endurance to support an 800. Yeah, supporting those fast twitch muscles to get that sprint to kick back, which is, you know, versus that looking at like Kipchoge, who's going to, you know, break two hours in the marathon. He needs to be as absolutely lightweight as possible to be aerodynamic and maximize just efficiency over time. Yeah. And so I think one thing for our members who probably do value the aesthetic side of things to a certain degree is, does the aesthetic you're looking for match these the, the special area of choice you yes. think you may want to dabble into. One of my favorite posts I've ever seen a coach talk to a client about was uh, he he had a client pursue him and said, I want to become a distance runner. And they're like, okay. So they started talking about it, kind of started exploring it. And the, the client was having like some trouble uh, generalizing. They were having some trouble with their aesthetics. Mm -hmm. So the coach pulled out a photograph, didn't tell him who we were, but it was like a 100 meter dash person and it was of a marathoner. And he's like, which one of these people do you want to look like? And the person chose the sprinter. And they're like, okay, well, this is what you're training for. Yeah. So if aesthetics matter to you, you just, again, it's one of those things that you should be aware of. There is not a right or a wrong answer, but this is what you're signing up for. This is what you want to do. So yeah. Having that knowledge is, is important before you, you know, you get there and you're like, wow, I put two years of work into my life and I hate the way I look. I hate the way I feel, you know, there, there needs to be a strong rooted cause into why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that draws so many people to our style of training is you can the nature of it being a generalist program you can actually basically only worry about performance in the gym being well-rounded and almost by nature your aesthetics will take care of themselves by doing that yeah and i think it's a lot more flexible you know if you do want to lean out and be a generalist you can if you do want to put on mass and be a generalist you can yeah there's really quite a bit of gray area for you to play in and and look differently and like and even you just go to like a local crossfit competition and you just there's so many body types yeah and sometimes yeah, people that are the most ripped aren't the fittest people you know it, it's just there's a whole span of people and it's wild that it, no one is overweight and no one looks like a marathon runner so we've eliminated mm -hmm. the two extremes but you see pretty much everything else in between yeah and it could just be a 10 to 20 percent shift in how that person approaches workouts what they do in their spare time you know, before and after classes yeah. and that 10 to 20% is enough to, to sway it in one direction versus sure. the other. Um, there's a, there's an interesting anecdote that I wanted to share, which is, um, someone that we both follow, Dr. Peter, Peter Atia. He always talks about his goal is to win the centenarian decathlon. Yeah. And I think that's such a great example to share in this, this episode, because it's, he wants to be essentially the most well-rounded hundred-year-old person. <laughs> and I think that's actually a really cool goal, like a cool North Star for a lot of us to have is, is like we can get caught up in little gains we are not making today, but if we're really focused on being well-rounded and fit when we're a hundred, then it, it, it kind of shifts some perspectives and it's like, all right, well maybe yeah. Maybe the, I mean, I, for me, it's like, okay, what's more important today? Solving this nagging pain that I have or adding more weight on the bar? It's like, well, in that case, I'm definitely gonna solve for the pain or the injury. That thing's more likely to limit me at 100 than 
whether or not I can add five or 10 pounds to the bar. And that to me really comes full circle to like, what is your guiding light? What is your goal? And that can change. It doesn't have to be set fixed forever, but you know, we, no matter what you choose to pursue, there are going to be sacrifices, whether you're a generalist or a specialist, yeah. you're making sacrifices. This is like the story of life. But as long as you are happy with what you're pursuing, then those sacrifices can be deemed worth it. Yeah. So just having intent behind what you're doing. And in other words, don't just start run training because everyone else is running. <laughs> you know, don't just dive into a tribe because everyone's doing it. Um, yeah. I think, you know, what, what do you value and what do you want to do and why is this important to you is an, is an important question. Cool. We'll wrap up on that. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next one.